Hello, and welcome to the SensiLab Creative AI Podcast, episode 12. My name's John McCormack. I'm the director of SensiLab, and joining me at the console today, physicist and PhD researcher, Nina Ratchic. Hey, Nina. Hey, how's it going? Good, I'm good. And SensiLab app developer and deep learning expert, Dilpreet Singh. Hey, Dilpreet. Hey. Today's topic, we've titled it Tiny AI. So most people think of AI these days as being something that involves huge numbers of servers and GPUs and consumes massive amounts of energy. So one good example, I think, is the latest GPT-2 model, the full model. Someone estimated it would cost about $40,000, is that right, to, mm. to train yeah. the network with the full model, $40,000 worth of power just to power CPUs. So today we thought we'd ask the question, well, what tiny things can be done with AI that don't consume huge amounts of power or that might be very small personal devices you could use effectively as something that AI brings benefit to. So we've come up with a couple of things that we've found. A lot of them are on Kickstarter. So Kickstarter seems to be the place to get tiny AI, right? Yeah. Yep. Or the promise of tiny AI. The promise of tiny AI. AI. Yeah. yeah. Put your money down first <laughs> and then... <laughs> We'll see what happens. So there's a project on Kickstarter at the moment. It's called Husky Lens. Yeah, the names of these Kickstarters are going to be great. <laughs> Husky Lens. What does mm, it do? Husky Lens, an easy-to-use, powerful AI camera. And it is quite tiny. So it's it's what, about big as a tennis ball or a little bit smaller? It's, it's like a little – it's a circuit board with a camera on it? Yeah. It uses computer vision to sense uh, or to do kind of like object detection, face recognition – color recognition, a bunch of different features, and apparently it can do additional training on it. So you can show it an object or a gesture and it will learn that object and gesture and then be able to detect it and respond to it in some way. Yeah. yeah. So the idea is if you're, I don't know, doing some sort of research that involves training of gestures to do a new method of interaction mm. and, you know, instead of sort of creating your own model where you're using a webcam and then training you know, two fingers means this or a pinch means this, you can, seems like just point this device at your hand, teach it the gestures yeah. and then get the output directly. So what would you use this device for? Nothing. Um, <laughs> Spending wait. your money, spending your hard-earned cash. At the time we're recording this, it's raised over 100,000 Australian dollars, which is what, probably about 50 US dollars? Kind <laughs> of exchange rate? Or? <laughs> no, it's, more, right. it's exceeded its, its goal. Yeah, it's raised quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, they they list examples of like, you know, robots that can detect things. It seems kind of interesting in a way, but they're like also- Like hobby projects. Like imagine mm. if you had a Raspberry Pi and you wanted to link it up to, I don't know, control some part of your house and you needed to a camera feed for, you know, watching your dog do something. And then if the dog <laughs> approaches, actually, mm. that reminds me, I did see this project that was created by a deep learning expert, basically automated- feeding his cat. Um, <laughs> his cat. Yeah, so it was basically, you know, it would have a place for his cat where it would normally reside. If the camera detected that the cat was, like, sitting there, it would somehow trigger this process oh, that no. would, like, put food in the bowl. That wouldn't work for my cat. It wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> my cat just sits by her bowl, like, hours on end. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe that would stress out the system. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to build that with a Raspberry Pi and you're not a deep learning expert... Yeah. You could you yeah. could train a cat detection algorithm on this. It seems okay. Pretty so it's mm. kind of uh, AI for the masses. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's it's nice, like customizable. It's making things more accessible. This is not a terrible project. Uh, not a good name. No, I've got an application for it. 
Because yeah. you know who we were speaking about, the Ring doorbell? Yes. Yeah. Last a couple of episodes ago. So I would love it if, as you went to your front door and you got your hands full of shopping, <laughs> the door would just recognise your face and it would open up for you. Mm. And what do you Seven think? Up. What do you think? <laughs> Step too far. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay. What if it misdetects someone exactly. else's face and opens the door and someone just pinches everything from your house? Or it, suddenly you have another attack vector for a hacker, you know? Yeah. You've suddenly connected right. your door. Forget that. <laughs> it was a bad idea. Attack vector. But we've got some other projects too. Nina, what's my me? What's is It's not some sort of takeaway restaurant. It's a, uh, <laughs> so what, what is it? My me. Yeah. By Orcam on Kickstarter is a wearable AI device that helps you to get to know yourself better. That's their tagline. Basically just I've always wanted to know myself better through a device. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of like an augmented intelligence kind of thing. So, and I'm... I'm assuming, I'm not sure whether it does the processing on the cloud or on the device. It's a wearable, right? Yeah, it's a wearable. So it's just like a little uh, pocket. It sits in your pocket like a pen. And it has a camera attached and basically it does... Do you have to be wearing a lab coat? Do we have one of these or it is, somewhere I mean, with a front chunky. pocket to put a it pen It kind of looks a little uh, metal device that you just yeah. pin, on, pin on your jacket. It doesn't pocket. look particularly fashionable to me. <laughs> so, so what's the camera supposed to help capture? Is it knowing your... S- so it, it basically does facial recognition on everybody that you interact with and it has some kind of database of all these people and you can, I think you can group all the different people by maybe like, you know, workplace or personal relationships or something. I don't Sounds know. Creepy. I just I think it lets you to like lets you organize those social relationships that you have a little bit better. But also once you know it's like you've been to a networking event and you've talked to a bunch of people, but you don't really remember who they were, what their names were, or like what you. It sounds like it'd go down great in Silicon Valley. Yeah. But for everyone else, I mean, do you really need a machine to manage your social? Encounters it seems for you? Like that, Are yeah, you really it's, it's that? A sign, if you can't really remember, it's a sign of something dementia. deeper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just a, forgetfulness. Great quote from The Verge. The My Me could let you set weekly goals for how much time you want to spend with significant people in your life, for instance. Yeah. So you could be like, I want to spend four hours with this friend and it would let you know. What if your friend doesn't want to spend four hours with you? <laughs> well, you're not meeting your weekly goals, are you, John? <laughs> mm. It's tiny AI thing. I thought it would be <laughs> positive, but now it's turning negative. Yeah, so, I mean, I was like, this seems okay. And then I looked at the comments, and I think it's already been produced and shipped out to people. The first comment I see 10 days ago, I regret funding this project. Useless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's a big so, surprise for Kickstarter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay, amazing. so my me, maybe there was another product, uh, the narr- it was called Narrative Clip. Mm. which yep. was a sort somewhat similar but it didn't have any AI in it it just took photos continuously you, you wore it on um, like a brooch or something yeah. it's about mm-hmm. a, one inch square or so three centimeters square you bought one I bought one why'd you buy it well we're just because when we were studying sensi lab we were interested in all that kind of stuff and so I wore it for two days and I never wore it again it was just too <laughs> weird and most of the photos were blurred or they were just sort of looking up someone's nose or <laughs> Just, you know, was never framed because the whole idea was it was supposed to capture those moments uh. that you could never capture because a camera, because you didn't have a camera with you. But right. most of the time it was just me sitting in my office. So you would just see part of my computer window or talking to someone and you wouldn't actually see their face because I was wearing it too low. <laughs> it just, it didn't work. They eventually shut down. Couldn't access your data yeah. after a certain period of time. Google also released something in that vein, didn't they? They had that camera that That's would right. yeah. take... But it was well, they also said Google kind of, Glass, which was... Yeah, there was Google Glass, but there was also that 
just a single camera that you could place anywhere in your house oh, and it would learn right. the important people in the house and it would try and automatically capture like five second videos and it was all on device, didn't go anything to the cloud. So we'd mm. try and figure out who the sort of people in the house were and try and capture photos of them. The whole point of these or the, the sell of these devices is basically capturing a moment that you might miss. Right. Mm. That's But the underlying pretext of all that is you are stupid. You are not able to do these kinds of things. People haven't been able to do, capture those moments. So why bother learning how to do them if you can't do them? Just let a machine do it for you. Yeah. Which I think is really dumb. Mm. I agree. Oh, uh, well. Consensus. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another one. It was called Ani- A. I I I don't really know how to pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? it? But you can see they've used, I mean, I don't know what it stands for either. Aina, Aina or Aina with an A with I think Aina, Aina sounds beginning. a little Aina. bit more politically correct. <laughs> It's AI na. Yeah, that's what we should call it. It's a ring, right? It's a ring. Looks like a little. Uh, looks like a tiny smartphone. I think like, that's how a does a ring look it? like a tiny smartphone? Wait, does it have a screen? Sorry, a tiny smartwatch. Oh, smartwatch. Like Sorry. Smartwatch. And do you, but do you wear screen. it on your finger or on your wrist? On your finger. So it's it like, like wearing a, tiny, a watch on your finger. Yeah. Okay. So it has a tiny screen. So that's the first I fail. Think so. And, I, and it really just is promising to do almost everything. The tagline is the first w- AI wearable that knows what you need. So it basically is meant to just kind of track everything going on that it has access to. And what if you need less AI in your life? <laughs> I can't do that. Take me off. Take me off. <laughs> Does so, it speak? I don't think so. Oh. It's, I don't Second know, it's, just, it's promising to do a lot. Like if you are normally head home at a certain time and get a cab home. Yeah, that's so me. It will, it will, <laughs> it will suggest that you. Uh, it's basically meant to suggest something before you've even thought of it. Right. Before so it tries you to even like th- learn habits. Yeah, so like I you, think so. You do this at this time. You might, yeah. you know, get on a train at this time and you like listen to this playlist or something. Yeah, I think so. And it's like kind of like an assistant, <laughs> I guess. But also, there's this extra feature where you can do phone calls with it with something called directed sound where you just put your... You, oh, it's no. really funny. Oh, no. It's really funny. The video's really funny. Directed sound. But you basically just... So it's like a phone. So you talk to your finger. Yeah, you talk to your finger. Because <laughs> the face ain't listening. <laughs> oh, no. It's terrible. Yeah, you basically put your fingertips to your ear while you're wearing the ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so a, it's, a, it's like, like a gun pose. Yeah, that's some people. Like, you do that. Oh, boy. Yeah. Third, um, third fail, you're out. This is amazing. So it hasn't it hasn't happened yet. Oh, how much money is it raised? Thirty nine thousand US, I imagine. Well, good luck to those people who put money into that. Yeah, estimated delivery February twenty twenty. It's pretty soon. Mm. Gold plated, platinum mm. plated, nice roast gold. I mean, oh, roast gold. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, we've really trashed the Kickstarter projects, haven't we? <laughs> Yeah, it's not looking but, good for Tiny AI. No, Tiny AI seems to be a concept a little bit ahead of its time, perhaps, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the moment. But, there, I mean, there are other AI devices, like if you think about something like the Amazon Echo, which is their assistant that you stick in your home. The first one was quite big. It was like a big tube. Mm-hmm. And now they've got the dot, which is a lot smaller, so they're trying to shrink it down. And you, the, the kind of selling idea is that you can have multiple ones of these dots everywhere just stuck all over your house. So Amazon to Jeff Bezos is listening into everything, no matter what room you're in. Yeah, exactly. You can buy it anytime. So you're in the laundry and you go, I'm out of washing oh powder. And you can go, hey, Alexa, order me some more washing yeah, powder. So and you can just whisper and talk to Amazon. Yeah. You don't even have to 
You could swap vocalize, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Amazon in every room. That's it, so creepy. <laughs> but is it tiny? It's not really. I mean, the whole thing is it's, it's a bit of an illusion too, isn't it? Because it's really just the interface to a whole piece of cloud infrastructure that... It is. It is both sides. So Amazon tries to do um, at least some of the voice processing. So when you talk to your Amazon, it converts that to speech, uh, text, speech to text on device. Right and sends that off to the cloud to figure out what you actually want to do. How does it deal with different languages? Is it customized to the country that you buy it in? And they Absolutely. just they just do that. But what if you're in a bilingual or multilingual house? It's, so it's tough luck. I've tried the Amazon Echo in yeah. a relative's house in India, yeah. Yeah. and it only works in English. It's, it's not bilingual, but yeah. it will pick up different accents of English and some words, you know, especially songs, yeah. they're pronounced in a very specific way. Yeah. And Amazon trains them on the local way it's pronounced. So they must be sort of updating that, I don't know, like <laughs> on a pretty frequent basis as things come out. Because some of the, you know, the way things are pronounced aren't very consistent amongst each other so mm. there's multiple pronunciations yeah, of the exactly. same word yeah and given the especially the language localities you know you move up north and it completely changes so actually I, then i'm starting to wonder whether they do send some of that speech because how are they surely they're not updating their speech models mm. on the echo every week or every month i don't know it probably has automatic firmware upgrades yeah and, you know it just downloads oh, yeah I mean, there's a whole range of like new TPUs, which stands for... Tensor Processing Units. Correct. Oh. So everyone, I mean, TPUs were specific to Google. Because um, of TensorFlow. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, Tensor is, I guess, a general mathematic concept, yeah. but, you know, mm. TensorFlow is sort of Google's uh, machine learning framework. But it seems like the arms race in, in the sort of um, neural network space is basically everyone wants to do their own hardware. It seems like, you know, GPUs have served us pretty great in general GPUs to do computation. Mm. But if you can design hardware specifically for machine learning, you can get incredible benefits. So, you know, Google has their cloud infrastructure where they use TPUs. And I think a lot of the, you remember BigGAN? BigGAN, yeah, sure. BigGAN that was trained on, I think, you know, a data set of tens of millions of photos. That Mm. was all done on TPUs. And I think you can't rent TPUs yet. You can apply to use them for research. You can rent GPUs. Yeah, you can yeah. rent GPUs from them, but not TPUs. Not TPUs. Um, hmm. But, you know, Tesla's making their own neural of, processing unit, of tensor processing unit. Apple yeah. has their own one in their phone. Yeah. I'm sure Amazon's working on one. I know Facebook's working on one. The IBM had one. IBM has. They also do the, what was it called? The, the neuromorphic chips. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I really haven't seen a lot that, I mean, they they, were, they made a big song and dance about it a couple of years ago, two two three years ago, mm-hmm. and then it was all sort of restricted to military applications or you know to sign big non disclosure agreements. But I haven't really heard anything about it lately. No. And there's the NVIDIA Jetson, which we use quite a bit, which is a GPU processor, sort of the size of a Raspberry Pi. Incredibly um, powerful. Yeah, and it doesn't draw a lot of power, so it'll run on batteries. So it's good for mobile robotics or anything where you you don't have a, access to a lot of energy. But they're still really in their infancy, aren't they? They're still they're just boards. Like all of these, one of the Kickstarters, the Husky Lens is just a board. It doesn't really do anything unless you you got to kind of hack it or play with it to mm. turn it into a product, which is kind of great fun because I guess it lets people experiment with AI in a low-cost way. 
therefore fulfilling the tiny AI promise. <laughs> Dilpreet, you've got a really good example of a bit more, something a bit more meaningful in tiny AI, or we're calling it tiny AI. A crossover with tanal, tiny AI and animal AI. Animal AI. Yeah. Um, so there this, could be another podcast topic. <laughs> yes. Um, so this was a story that came out, uh, yeah, four days ago. So this is around DeepMind, who, you know, famous for their Go, AlphaGo. Famous for the massive amount of money they lost in the last quarter, too. And that as well. Yeah. Um, so DeepMind is collaborating with ecologists and working with the Serengeti National Park in Tanzania, um, where researchers are trying to sort of track animals and their behavior because it's it's one of the largest open national parks. Mm. It's really hard to figure out the animal dynamics, especially as sort of, you know, all this climate change and how sort of humans are impacting the animal All that climate change because of all the GPUs that are... Exactly, that DeepMind is using. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, these guys have been working with this uh, this data set or collecting this data set over 10 years. So they've basically installed motion sensing cameras. So any movement would cause a photo to be captured. And this data set has been collected over 10 years. And now obviously with, you know, CNNs and all the machine learning, we can actually figure out what's happening in the photo. Mm. But the problem still remains that they've got all these cameras out in the field where there's little to no internet connectivity. Maybe you can get satellite connectivity, you know, but it's expensive. So these cameras are capturing, but it's hard to do transmission. So DeepMind is working with these researchers to install tiny AI into the cameras to do computation in real time. Mm-hmm. So if it captures a photo and big animals walking past, it it's, can figure out what It's like a animal. threatened species or it hasn't been seen yeah. there before or whatever. Or yeah. just a pure count. You know, I saw X number of cheetahs walk past or whatever it may be. Can it do face recognition on individual animals? So could it tell <laughs> if it's the same animal walking past? I don't past? think anyone's doing that. I, yeah. I, don't I don't think, think anyone's done that. All right, budding AI experts, <laughs> there's a fantastic opportunity for you. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe, maybe, you know. Maybe family behavior within animals. Maybe that's the next interest. Well, I, yeah, a lot of the new cameras that are coming out have got animal face recognition on them because people want to take pictures of their pets. Mm. Oh, and yeah. um, so, you know, the, there's been facial recognition in cameras for quite a while. And of yep. course, it just finds the face and focuses on the face. But then people started complaining and saying, I want to take a picture of my cat or my dog or my python or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. the camera, of course, couldn't focus on that if you had it on face detection mode. But I think the latest, I certainly know the latest Sony cameras have got animal face wow. detection and they, apparently they do a pretty good job of it. I don't know if they work with snakes or, you know, kind of more obscure pets. They work right. with cats and dogs and maybe maybe cheetahs and maybe cheetahs. Any, anything with a kind of, you know, with two eyes <laughs> yeah. that, that are distinguishable. So spiders, flies, maggots, <laughs> you, you're out of luck. Yeah. But yeah, so this is, I mean, this is pretty cool in the sense that it could give a pretty real-time snapshot of the park to the researchers, right? Because all the compute is happening locally on each camera. And if you sort of imagine them spread out across a park, as a researcher, get a snapshot of, you know, like we saw three of the same, a pack sort of passing from this region and then they were also spotted over here. Mm. So it's sort of more real time. You can get that as a researcher if you're trying to figure out what's going on instead of having to go out in the field, capture all the images from the cameras, come back and then compute them. 
Mm. Having things work on their own just mm. is sort of infinitely scalable in that sense. So I do, there's a similar thing that's happening with, uh, I know a group of researchers who work in acoustics, so looking at sound in natural places. So rather than taking pictures, they put in microphones and they try and record all of the sound and they look at the way that different bands in the frequency spectrum are used by different animals. And the, there's recently there's been some really interesting papers published about looking at ecosystem loss, habitat loss and things, basically through the sound signature of an environment. Hmm. And I know they're, they're really interested in using AI because they, they get these little, they're basically the size of like a, a large phone, these recorders that they strap to trees all over the place. So they go into like the Amazon and put them up Mm. everywhere and they're just constantly recording so they have heaps and heaps of data and they want to use machine learning to try and help understand acoustically what's going because often it's hard to photograph animals but sound travels a lot further than light particularly if you're in a thick forest where you can't see very right. far yeah so there's there's a lot of interest i think in those kinds of devices that might be ubiquitously put all over the place and then some kind of ai draws out from all that data because nobody's going to sit and listen to the rainforest for like you know three months <laughs> continuously well you might but you know it's not not very productive use of your time so is it that ai is basically something that it does all the stuff that we don't have time to do yeah also with tiny ai you could do it in real time that's a big difference. Is that what we're defining as being one of the key criteria for tiny AI, <laughs> that it works in real time? I think that's all like an, yeah, also infinitely scalable is also the thing, yeah. right? Like yeah. you're not reliant on a single server or, you know, spread mm. of servers across the world and you need high bandwidth upload to send your hours of recording to a server. You know, Amazon Rainforest, I don't know what the Telstra coverage is there, but... It's probably pretty poor. Exactly. In some spots. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, transferring text of or timestamp of like spotted this at this time versus hours of recording, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. It's yeah. not so bad after all. No, that's good, I think. Tiny AI is, is maybe that's the good kind of AI. Mm. That is that is a good AI. I animal think. surveillance. Animal, animal surveillance. surveillance. Yeah, animals don't have any any rights about surveillance, <laughs> so it's fine to be to be watching them. <laughs> Trying to help them, right? Right. Well, yeah, no, I think the people who are researching it definitely are. They're mm. really hopefully. really committed to well, hopefully. Yeah. I assume it's, you know, researchers trying to help not poachers trying yeah. to partner with DeepMind. <laughs> well, they probably have to. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's best left unsaid. <laughs> the, the obvious case of like tiny AI is the AI in your phone, but it's kind of boring, right? Do you think? iPhones have got a, some basic AI yeah, they've got their processing own. in them. What, what do they do that's interesting? It's basically some camera tricks. Is that it? Like uh, the, I don't know. The I camera think tricks. Well, like, you know, about? bokeh and the photos yeah, or... I, I think lighting. more than tricks. More than tricks, all right. Yeah. So, I mean... You're speaking to an app developer here. <laughs> and I an mean, Apple fanboy as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, yes, but I think Google does more interesting stuff with their phones than, than honestly Apple, Apple do. Mm. Yeah. Um, a lot of their sort of low-end Pixel devices are limited with single cameras. So they don't have, you know, that parallax effect that you can get with a two-lens iPhone so you can do depth perception easily. Mm. But Google's able to take those single-frame images and, you know, train machine learning algorithms to do basically create sort of like a radar sensor out of your phone purely using the neural chip in there and the normal camera, mm. which I think is pretty cool. So, of course, you know, what they what it gets used for is Foca or fake bokeh. Mm. Um, Foca. What is that? <laughs> What's Foca? It's it's fake bokeh. Oh, okay, yes. What's fake bokeh? You know the the effect of getting Bo that bokeh's like the blurred, uh, out of focus, shallow the depth of field. Classic portrait okay. shots. 
Yeah. There's, it, there's lots of films that use it. I, I have to put a film reference in every podcast. Okay. Yeah, of but course. <laughs> yeah. What's the one with um, Scarlett Johansson and um, Bill Murray? Oh, Lost in Translation. Yeah. They, use they used Foco. Sophia Coppola no, directed they, it. They probably use real. They use real. Foca. Yeah. Oh, it's quite. It's so got, you're saying it's got uh, lots movies of, actually used Foca. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. No. This is just Boca. <laughs> this is your regular Boca. Yeah. <laughs> is it pronounced Boca or Bokeh? I've always heard it. Boca. Yeah. All right. So yeah. moving on. <laughs> but but it's pretty cool, right? I, I mean, getting. what saved them the money from having to, the space to have to put two cameras in? No, to have a big chunky lens on your. Yeah. On the end so of your phone. So it's trying to mimic. Yeah. It's basically like we can't actually fit a lens in because it's just physical construction issues. So mm-hmm. to achieve that same physical effect, we'll just use AI and create a depth map and then basically try and replicate what that blur looks like. Mm. Um in real time as well. Again, real time. You mm. know, that, that is mm. kind of no joke processing that you're doing on a pretty relatively cheap compared to an iPhone Pixel device. Mm-hmm. The figures show that hardly anyone buys camera cameras anymore unless yeah. they're really into photography. They just use their phones. And the reason, one of the reasons why, of course, is because, of course, phones got a whole lot of other functions. But the other reason is that <laughs> the idea of having a digital sensor with a whole lot of computer stuff with it is just a no-brainer, right, when it comes to what you can do. So... You know, you can imagine things in the future, kind of like what some Snapchat and Instagram filters are now, that you could kind of dial up things and a neural network will actually look at the photo as you're framing it and taking it. And you say, I want everyone to look younger or I want, you know, everyone to look more beautiful or whatever, and it'll just do it. And you can kind of dial that up or down so it's sort of subtle and just think that's a great photo. How does everyone look so fresh and, you know, they're really great in there. And it's just subtly, you know, just sort of lifted the skin up a bit and done all the usual Hollywood style adjustments. does exist now yeah and of course there's then there's this you know you can go extreme and you can make everyone look really old or you know turn people into dogs or Mm. change their genders or whatever you want to do but Mm. there's you know if if that was so so kind of seamless and also there's there's a lot of research recently that showed how you can scale up images so you can work with a lower resolution sensor and if you want to go to like a print you want to do a big poster size Mm. version the ai will automatically fill in all the detail i've used one of those before have you yeah is it good yeah it's great have you heard of facetune yes Yes, I have. I haven't used it. <laughs> I haven't used it. I haven't I used it, actually. You haven't used it's, it? No, I've never used you it. You just, just had a slight it. curiosity and... Uh, just, I mean, it's interesting how just it, like how this all combines them with social media and the way people present their lives mm. on Instagram, basically. Mm. And how it kind of just... And then it's also kind of like a business. Like that's people's jobs as well. So it's all just a little bit... Fo- Foca. It's Foca, yeah. yeah. It's a little bit Foca. Fake. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a bad tiny AI example, isn't yeah. it? It's just but Google's been doing a lot more than the focus stuff. They also announced this, it was like night vision, I think they called it. That was a year ago where you could, again, with this phone, you could take, a, I think, an 8 to 12 second shot in a really dark room. Um, oh, yeah, I did see this. Yeah. And it would autocorrect all the movements using the accelerometer gyro and then stitch together all the frames to essentially give you a really long exposure, Mm. right? Where, you know, traditionally you'd need a tripod and a remote shutter, hopefully, to sort of not have any movement. But, you know, you can just hold it still enough and it would create these amazing photos where, you know, you could really see nothing in a normal photo, but using this mode, it's bright and clear. Nina, you're becoming very famous for a, a mirror, <laughs> yeah. a certain mirror. Yeah. hearing a lot on Twitter. Everyone What's who, the mirror called? The mirror. It's called the mirror. The mirror. The, the experience mirror. though? The experience? The name of the experience. It's called Mirror Ritual. Oh, sorry. It's the yeah. experience. Mirror <laughs> Ritual. There we go. Check it out on Twitter. Everyone who comes and sees it loves it. Yeah. Great. Um, 
but it is it's a big mirror right it's not it's a huge. it's not something that you could carry around in your pocket or anything no. do you imagine a tiny ai just to explain really briefly it it uses face detection emotion detection and poetry generation so it's quite complicated in terms of all the ai that it uses mm. and it requires like a big desktop computer to with a gpu on it to run yeah but could you imagine a tiny ai version that you could carry around with you and just have I would love it. I mean, I mean, you could always put it into an app, but it's not really the same as having the physical kind of. No. So yeah, you could have this tiny. But what are you going to use a tiny mirror for? I mean, you could have like a makeup mirror. Yeah, I guess for people who use tiny makeup mirrors, that would be okay, especially if it gave you a little mm. poem every time you were putting your lipstick on or something, mm. and it just said. I like that a little like yeah. the flip open mirrors. Yeah, you should get Clamshell. the husky lens. Yeah, husky, husky lens. lens. Order the husky You've lens and then the lens. apply. Yeah. <laughs> so. Does anyone have any speculative ideas about tiny AI? What would you like to see in tiny AI? Hmm. What was that smart dust thing you mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to bring that up. But smart then I was dust. like, it's not real. It's, it's it's kind of like more of a concept. I don't know if anyone's really doing it. Just like, okay. it's like a, yeah, a bit of a speculative thing. But it, I don't sure, I'm not sure how much it, you know, fits into the category of tiny AI. Because it's really tiny. Well, it's smart. <laughs> so that's AI, isn't it? It's smart. It's just senses. All the little sensors that are the size of pieces of dust. Yeah. And they just get exhaust fumed out into the world and sense things and somehow they You can inhale them probably. Great. (laughs) You can go into your body. Yeah, true. It's not really AI, it's more sensors. It's sensors, but then they're all connected and they're like. Why is it called smart dust then not sensor dust? Because nobody would invest in sensor dust. Whereas smart dust take my money. Ooh. uh, (laughs) It's not that appealing to me. Smart dust. <laughs> you don't want to inhale smart dust? No. <laughs> <laughs> Other sorts of bits like smart rubbish or smart excrement or smart, <laughs> uh, just all like all stuff that like dust, like smart detritus. Yeah. You can really chuck smart in front of anything. Yeah. I don't, I still don't really know what it does, but yeah. it sounds cool. You can kind of do anything. That's the point. <laughs> I've got a tiny AI application Spec- that okay. I thought of. All right. What is it? I'd like, well, it was like the, uh, the my, my me, is it my me? Yeah. Me, my, whatever. Um, <laughs> I forget which way. <laughs> it's my me. Just okay. thinking about, I would like, uh, you know, the, the whole idea of voices in your head. It'd be really nice if you just had something that you wore just maybe at the back of your head and it just communicated with you through bone vibration. Mm-hmm. And just occasionally it would say stuff to you, like a little companion. It could just, I mean, it could be AI based. So it could be not, not all the lame stuff like, you know, you've got a meeting at four o'clock or, you know, it looks like you're taking a taxi. Would you like me to order an Uber for you or that mm. kind of thing? More like something that would just give you some advice, mm. like a little, and a sort of like a life coach that was tiny AI'd into you. But that's a tiny device, right? The AI would be cloud. No, but that's taken as given. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but okay. the tiny AI, it's almost invisible. It's just like a little patch on the back of uh, your head that you wear. And it doesn't talk to you all the time. It's not annoying. You can sort of set the... Because everyone thinks that people should be always, you know, like it should always be telling you something or if this condition happens, you always want it. Just occasionally just says, slow down. You're talking too fast or... Oh, yeah. As a gentle reminder. Yeah, or, gentle you know, reminder. why don't you turn right here instead of left? You always go left. <laughs> it's like a sliding doors kind of thing. Take a deep breath. Yeah. I don't know about... I don't know yeah. about the whole replicating like voices a, in the head thing. I don't want this. Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> you, don't, you don't want voices in your head? It's great having a quiet. I agree. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we've run out of time. Or maybe we've run out of... <laughs> run out tiny of content. AI. Content. Yeah. Tiny, tiny AI. Remember we thought of it first. 
Yeah. Just in case you're thinking yeah. of investing. For the Wikipedia article, we'd like this podcast episode to be cited. I, think, yeah. we should, I think we should start the Wikipedia article on oh, Tony yeah, AI. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So if someone wants to do it for us, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. Like us on Twitter. I didn't. What? Do we need to, no. Rate us on, no. Rate us on do do iTunes. This? this is a joke. We're not doing it again, are we? No, we're not doing it again. <laughs> Thank you. Tune in next time when we'll talk about a new, to- AI a new topic. topic. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what it'll be? Thanks for listening. Bye. See Bye. Ya.